0: On this episode of Sessions, we chat with Elena Hansen, founder of the social media marketing agency, Swim Social. Listen in as we chat how Swim Social came to be, the ever-changing world of social media, and the five factors that show if your brand is ready or not for social media marketing. Welcome to Sessions by Matt Black, a podcast by and for the creative class focused on digging into the things that make brands and campaigns go from good to great. I'm Chelsea Matthews, the founder and creative director of Matt Black, and today I'm hanging with Elena Hansen, who is the founder of Swim Social, which is an incredible social team uh, agency based here in Los Angeles that um, I really respect.
1: Thank you. Elena and I recently
0: had wines the wines (laughs) um, and connected on some kind of good things in the industry and we felt that it would be awesome to kind of share it with our yeah so excited so thank you for being here thank you um classic sessions format we got to get to know you (laughs) before we dig into the good stuff What is the last item you purchased?
1: Um, Last night I was poking around um, online looking for a bunch of art and design and fashion books for our new office. And um, I decided to go on Etsy and search there. And I think I bought like 10 really cool coffee table books that are like used and like, you know, lived in. And so I'm really excited to get those. Yeah.
0: I love going down the Etsy rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really Dangerous, do. but fun.
0: What's your comfort food?
1: Um, I would have to say frozen yogurt. It's something that I like definitely treat myself with um, during a long week. It's kind of like, you know, the treat that I've justified as healthy in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And it, sh- it, it means yogurt. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, if there was... Uh, one item to check off your bucket list, what would you want it to be?
1: Well, I definitely need to travel more. And I've seen a lot of incredible trips to Bali. And I think that, um, you know, doing some type of yoga retreat or health and wellness retreat in Bali would be very beneficial to, to my overall health and happiness. So yes. <laughs> I'm in with
0: you, I'll come with you. Great. Um, so I'd love to just kind of hear your story how you started Swim Social, what you were doing before that, what got you here?
1: Yeah. So um, I think, you know, I've been developing kind of my own creative way to approach things, like really my whole life. Um, And I was very much born in the age of the internet and um, into the whole uh, social media movement. And I think, you know, back in college, um, I initially went into journalism and TV and realized that that wasn't a fast enough, uh, pace kind of industry for me. Um, and so, you know, I really gravitated towards the progressiveness of the internet at the time, um, with, at the time it was more like Facebook and Twitter, um, and maybe MySpace, shout out MySpace. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) (laughs) but, um, You know, I went to college at UW for new media strategy, um, did some really fun creative projects there and built a portfolio. And I was doing photography at the time as well. Um, and learned a lot about how to turn Facebook and Twitter into a business tool. And then once Instagram came about, I was really able to pair kind of my studies with my creative um, abilities. And then um, from there, I was hired by a corporate marketing, a corporate company called Stuart Weitzman um, in the marketing side and um, had a really fun job there as a young person in the company. But At the same time, I was more focused on pitching them on like app ideas and social media ideas. And um, I think just overall, it was a really hard ship to move. Um, So I realized quickly that, For my career path and to like really get to the places I wanted to be, it wasn't going to happen fast enough in a corporate environment. Um, I didn't want to dedicate 15 to 20 years to kind of climbing the ranks. Um, So I decided to go out on my own and freelance. um, And that's when I met my beloved Alfred Coffey and Josh, um, who was my first client. Um, and then, you know, we had some really early success with Alfred um, growing to, you know, a significant following and telling the fashion and coffee story um, and being kind of one of the first to do that. Um, and then. From there, you know, word of mouth spread, and I was hired by a hospitality company um, to launch the social media accounts in the Bay Area. And um, myself and another person on that team kind of came up with this viral marketing campaign where we would share through social media um, a champagne uh, drone sh- delivering champagne mm-hmm. to one of the um, one of the hotels. And then, you know, that made it on to like Good Morning America and time.com and some crazy places. And just through the different, you know, um, opportunities that I had to really kind of flex my skills in social media, I realized that this was where I needed to be. Um, So then I kind of went out on my own and launched Swim and went back to the hotel company and said, will you hire me as an agency? And they were, you know, one of the first big projects that partnered with me to, um, to launch swim. And I was able to do that with about 10 to 12 clients, um, and went out on my own and hired a first, you know, employee within for the first three months of swim. And it was kind of just a crazy growth spurt from there.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. And where
1: are you guys today? I mean, I know you're moving into a new office. Yeah. You've got a crew of how many people? We have um, 15 people on staff at SWIM and still growing. Um, It's been three years and we hit about seven to eight in the first two years. And then, um, you know, really started to realize how important the operations side of it was as well. Um, So in the last year, we focused a lot on ramping up on the ops um, side of things. So we have a team of 15 total now. Awesome. A lot of women. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, about 10, 10 or 11 women um, out of that operation, um, which is, you know, great environment.
0: And not to harp on, like, the ever generic question that mm-hmm. I feel like I always get bombarded with myself, but, like, obviously a lot changes all the time in social with mm-hmm. how brands stay relevant, with how they fight algorithms, with all of the content needs that they have. What are you guys, as an agency, most excited about, when it comes to who you're working with and how you're leveraging social for them. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that what's great about Swim right now is we have such a variety of clients and we're kind of building an ecosystem where whoever comes to us for social media automatically has these great other brand partners within our portfolio that cross, they can cross-promote with. Um, so whether it's like a consumer product that needs to get out into the fitness world, we have you know two or three fitness studios that we work with um, that we can plug product in for events and activations. And it's really about seeing who can play together, who can cross-promote, um, and also just the rise of different industries. So like one of our first big projects, um, you know, that was very industry specific was Selena Gomez's music tour. Um, and, you know, just seeing how the music industry has evolved so much with social media marketing and us being able to be kind of a part of how a world, you know, mu- music tour was um, marketed was a really cool thing to see. And we're starting to see that shift also in the movie industry and entertainment and how actors and actresses and movies and shows um, are also, you know, figuring out how to use social media or leaning into us to figure that out. So I think um, just being at the forefront of a really fast-paced, very highly creative um, you know, industry is really fun.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so naturally, you know, when people come to you for social media management of any kind, um, but haven't fully fleshed out Mm -hmm. their marketing Mm -hmm. or their brand or their story, which, um, I know is a massive challenge Mm -hmm. because naturally we always kind of say like social media, rarely trickles up mm-hmm. like you need to have a lot happening on mm-hmm. the brand level for it to trickle down into social and to give mm-hmm. a reason for people to want to be a part of your community every day and like let yeah. you talk to them every day right but I think that sometimes a lot of brands think like oh I just need to do this social thing mm-hmm. and that's going to make me relevant even though there's a lot of legwork that has to yeah. go into what makes that you know successful yeah. um, I'd lo- really love to just kind of you know chat with you and I know you've kind of formulated the lovely five things segment around this but mm-hmm. really is like what are the things that you guys look for or that you feel like brands need to be thinking about to be able to successfully mm-hmm.
1: approach and go after social media marketing and invest in, in the social media marketing like it's you know um, whether you're hiring an in-house social media manager or a content team or an agency, um, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, spend that wasn't didn't exist 10 years ago in business. So, um, you know, it's funny because we've seen so much of over the last three or four years that. It went from social media being kind of uh, an extension of the brand to now being a nucleus of the brand and a lot of the marketing strategy. So what used to be like, okay, here's our marketing strategy and here's the social media component and you guys take and run with the social media component. um, The reverse is actually happening where. People are coming to us with what is the social media story, and we're going to build the marketing plan around that. Mm. Um, So it's been, you know, great in the sense that we're able to be in the driver's seat and build a lot of strategies that we know will translate to social media. But that's where, as an agency, we start to become kind of full service marketing at the end of the day, um, with a specialization in social media.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's really interesting in general in the space. Is like, you know whether you're looking at brand marketing as a whole or you're looking at just social media marketing, it's all social first Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. Like, even when we're looking at creative that we're doing for a billboard, you're thinking about, like, what makes a generated. generated Is there a hashtag on it? Like, how does it tie back to a digital campaign Mm -hmm. or a social campaign? Like, it really is. I mean, social has changed the way that you think Mm -hmm. about marketing and advertising Mm -hmm. from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So it, it is... It isn't just like you do things just for social. You do your brand Mm -hmm. and you tell your story and social is just one of your channels. Right, right. So I think that that's really interesting. Okay, so let's dive into your five things because you've thought through some really, I think, good nuggets for people to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going
1: to pass the nugget, the, the, the nugget, the nuggets, <laughs> I'm going to pass the microphone <laughs>
0: nugget to you.
1: Okay. So the first thing that, um, we look at with potential clients is, um, what is the purpose or the story behind their product? Um, and is it something that people can genuinely connect with online? Um, and I think that this is a conversation around like, you know, all of the, um, internet brands that have emerged. And a lot of times that, you know, the thing that they have going for them is kind of this bigger purpose or story or movement um, that really the product just ultimately represents. And it's like a physical thing that people can buy into, but that they're on a human level, um, you know, connecting with. And so, you know, we would um, a lot of times challenge some of these like bigger brands to think about what are, you know, who is taking up the market share. And is it these small brands that have really incredible stories? Um and that can be, you know, some somebody that in the middle America that has a small mom and pop shop, but they go viral because um they have, you know, an incredible design aspect to their shop or they have they, you know, serve fresh baked goods or something that really hits home for people to want to support. Um, and I think that you know figuring out what that purpose or story is whether you're a small brand or a big brand um is really crucial to the success of the social media marketing
0: yeah i mean it majorly goes back to like find your why like mm-hmm. if you don't have a why in general mm-hmm. what how many stories can you possibly tell on social you'd be yeah. relying on like product launches or mm-hmm. you know influencers or different things like mm-hmm. and those that story changes all the time i mean mm-hmm. naturally when you're developing social strategies you're like rethinking new ways to tell essentially mm-hmm. the same story or certain
1: branches of the same story. Right. But
0: I couldn't agree more. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, an example I kind of like listed was, you know, if you're a skincare brand, like are you simply selling a product or are you trying to revolutionize the way people feel about aging or embracing themselves? Um, So I think that tapping into those bigger ideas is where people see the big social media success. And again, yes, you can be On social media, but you're going to hit like 500 or a thousand followers and fall flat there because there's only so many people who are going to be, it's really going to be friends and family who are interested at that point in like following your brand on social to hear about the new product launch or whatever. So, um, you definitely have to tap into those bigger community themes, um, and things that people care about. Um, yeah. And then the second thing, um, that, we really value uh, from a social media standpoint is really the packaging or the physical execution of the brand. Um, So, you know, whether you're a consumer product or a brick and mortar, have you given thought to how your brand translates to user generated content? Um, And that kind of goes back to our conversation about, you know, social media, it used to just be the final step and now it's becoming the core of Mm -hmm. the brand and like, you know, thinking about how things translate online. Um, And, you know, this is where I say time and time again to potential clients who say, can you just do what you guys did with Alfred? And it's like, well, Alfred's Alfred. And Josh, you know, definitely put so much TLC into the design details, um, you know, the personalities of the people he's hired, the story behind the um, the croissants. Like, it's like everything has a story and a purpose. And, um, you know, we definitely brought that story to life. It was, you know, the social media was the best possible reflection of what that experience is. Um, But the experience at the end of the day was an in in real life thing and was um, something that people wanted to share. And I think that When you pair a social media strategy with a really strong packaging or experience um, that can really easily translate online, that's when, you know, that social media success happens. The magic. Yeah. The third thing that I put was hashtag IRL because I think that um, in real life is definitely the new trending theme on social media. Um, we jokingly say at swim that we can't put lipstick on a pig <laughs> because, um, you know, social media needs to have, uh, a real authentic community and it needs to be the real deal. The brand needs to be the real deal. Um, so, you know, I think that what five years ago used to work as far as, a product launching online and there being this, you know, mystery behind it and people wanting to buy into it because of a pretty photo, um, the stakes have just raised over the last five years. And now it's about what kinds of offline activations or events or influencer programming, um, you know, what types of things are you doing in person person to person or, um, allowing for, you know, an experiential space, something like that, um, that actually lets people physically interact with your brand. Which I think is like, um,
0: I, I think is a, you know, a big piece of Instagram stories and I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, even Snapchat, but is really the accessibility to just like share so much stuff in your Mm -hmm. day or that you're experiencing without it feeling too precious. And, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously events are a great place to just get like a lot of noise and buzz. And I know that we're seeing a ton of that. I also, um, feel like the IRL sensibility kind of stems in to kind of that rawness that you need to kind of consider in Mm -hmm. content, which I know is different for a team like yours or even a team Mm -hmm. like ours where like, we're so focused on aesthetics, aesthetics. (laughs) but I, I think you made a really good point when we we um, were together a couple weeks ago about you know the the choice to show food for one mm-hmm. of your food clients in like a slightly imperfect way. Mm-hmm. I mean not that mm-hmm. it's it always looks delicious, but you you were telling me that you consciously like deep you're not over filtering mm-hmm. the food right.
1: image so it feels right. more. Yeah, we work with um, Air One Market and it's definitely, We cater to the natural foods and health and wellness uh, community who really likes a naturally lit, uh, not over-stylized, kind of raw photo. Um, And that gets much higher engagement than something really beautifully shot in studio. And, you know, while we definitely are always challenging ourselves to like elevate the story and the content at all times, we have to do what's right for that community and what they naturally gravitate towards. So, um, you know, and even like with Alfred, I remember, um, you know, back three, four years ago, like, breaking up a cookie and having that next to a half drink and latte and that would perform so much better than a really perfect cookie with like, you know, just an, un- yeah, <laughs> something that hasn't been touched. So it's like, you know, people want a little bit of that, like lived in feel. Totally. I, think. I love that. And I think that that's kind of, uh, an interesting
0: segue into your fourth point, mm-hmm. which is the idea of kind of leveraging, ambassadors?
1: Yeah. Um, somehow over the last few years, we've really gotten away with not paying people to promote um, the brands that we work with. And I think that um, what's important, though, is that like if you don't have budget for major influencers for awareness and getting the word out, do you have product to gift and gift generously? Um, and I think that if you don't have that ready um, you know, to go to market with, then social media, you know, you may just you may just be a few months out from being ready for social media marketing. So you're not going to maximize even your own efforts through your own channels if you don't also have people simultaneously talking about the brand and creating user-generated content out in the community, tagging. Um, it has to be this cross-promotional kind of bubble-up effect. Um, and I think that especially with the algorithm these days, like the opportunities to just organically get discovered, um, you know, through um, on, on Instagram or any channel is much tougher. And so you have to be creating buzz almost. Um, and so what we do is create these custom databases of micro influencers that maybe have, you know, 10K or under followers that will be thrilled to receive product and be one of the first in their friend group to talk about a new skincare product or restaurant or you know anything like that. So, um really figuring out what your budget is, whether it's a hard cost to you or you've allocated a certain number of um you know a certain amount of product to gifting and then strategically gifting to these micro-influencers.
0: Yeah, I love even just the point of considering people under 10k cuz I mm-hmm. feel like 10k is just like like achievable, <laughs> like yeah, like you don't go below. It. And I get it because of Instagram stories and mm-hmm. swipe up, you know, functionality and things like that. But I mean, I'm I'm going to be the first to buy something that my mm-hmm. friend shares personally that she's obsessed with, mm-hmm. potentially over someone with a following just because they have a following and I follow mm-hmm. them. You right, know, right? I think that there's something really interesting there for
1: sure. Yeah, yeah it kind of goes back to like authenticity and peer-to-peer marketing and word of mouth. It's kind of like the new word of mouth. Um, you know, is getting these people that have under 10k to talk about and really advocate. Um, and we always cast a wide net of like an initial, you know, exchange for product placement, um, once, but then if they emerge as somebody who really loves your brand and loves your product and they're Insta, you know, Insta storying and doing a post and tweeting about it and telling their friends about it. Um, and you're, you know, hearing that, then they should, then become an ambassador of your brand who's getting some type of monthly delivery or um, other, you know, engagement from you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We love building on those relationships. It's been really beneficial. Um, Yeah. And then the fifth thing I wrote down was just confidence and willingness to experiment. Um, I think that As social media becomes more and more sophisticated and as people or people's approach to it becomes more and more sophisticated and as budgets start to shift towards social media, we're definitely feeling more and more of kind of certain pressures of like, well questioning every move. Is this the right thing to do? Is this the right strategy? What are the KPIs? What is the ROI? Those are all awesome conversations to have. And I think that we should you know, always be challenging ourselves to think about how this is actually translating. But I think the most important thing is that it's still a community and a user base of regular people. And everyone else is using this platform for self-expression and creativity. And I think it's so important that brands if you're going to play in this space to not have your hands tied so much by performance and metrics to the point that you then play it safe all the time or um, you know you're stuck to a certain strategy or agenda so that's where you know for clients that have been with us for over a year we are really looking at like okay is our strategy has our strategy evolved from day one and how do we breathe fresh air into this and is it you know seven to ten posts a week on Instagram? Or do we now maybe go back, um, pull back a little bit to three to five to kind of reinvigorate um, the content strategy, do something outside the box, um, you know, get the new new followers or the existing followers to kind of wonder what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. or get excited about the brand again? I think, and not to kind of tangent from that, one, experimenting,
0: I think, in general. Like, I think some of the most successful brands on social don't necessarily have a fully fleshed strategy. Mm -hmm. I think they just do stuff Mm -hmm. and they're not really thinking too much about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why people love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's always a timeline and calendars that people are working towards, but, you know, I know, you know, social media, darling, Glossier, but Mm -hmm. they are very intentional with what they talk about, but it also just kind of feels like you're a fly on the wall, especially Mm -hmm. with their stories. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's like, they're just kind of, yeah, just kind of going for it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think that there is an interesting point in in that too, with talking about frequency and cadence of posting. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that it's assumed like, oh, we should always be posting once or mm-hmm. twice a day on everything. And we mm-hmm. need to be like in it and active when in, in reality, sometimes posting less can be mm-hmm. a lot
1: More impactful. Yeah. And I think that that's where you really look at your content strategy and saying, um, you know, what am I contributing to this space of social media? What am I doing that is impactful? And if, you know, from a content standpoint, if you have a really great idea, but it's really just a 10 post strategy, then make that one month about those 10 posts and really building a campaign around that specific narrative or, you know, content. And um, I think that once people get into the programming uh, and kind of a robotic approach to it is when it really sucks the life out of it and it mm-hmm. becomes kind of brand damaging.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Awesome. Those are so many good nuggets. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so in terms of like <laughs> what you guys, how you find the balance in all of these things, like, would you say, that it's really beneficial for brands to have some of this stuff figured out before they come work with an agency? Do you think that it's best when it's a collaborative nature? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Naturally, a lot of these things, like, you're constantly working through as your Mm -hmm. evolution with the client or the project evolves. But, like, how much do you feel this should be kind of understood before Mm -hmm. ever coming to a team like yours?
1: I mean, I think that, you know, the business owner or – the marketing team sometimes is so close to their own brand that it's hard to even step out and really see how the social media audience is going to perceive it or receive it. Um, and so I think that, you know, leaning into experts and young people who know the space and understand um, from the user standpoint kind of what um, would be, Inspiring to see from a brand um, and, you know, leaning into consultants for that or agencies for that or um, people out of college or people in college. Um, I always say to the team that, you know, social media is one of the first times like you're in a boardroom with people in their 50s or 60s and they're like looking to you for the answers. And I think that that's a really exciting place for young people to realize that they sit is um, kind of in this, you know, expert seat. And so I think that for brands to really lean into people around them to get some of these ideas going and then, you know, figuring out from a priority standpoint, like I said, the product and having that available for gifting um yeah, I think that, you know, that stuff is really important before you even engage or approach an agency or a person for social media.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so now I have to close this out with some okay. other fun questions. Because okay. you just gave us so many good meaty ones. <laughs> okay. we got to take it light. Um, okay. So if you had one free year, money didn't matter, mm-hmm. that you could learn or refine a skill set, what would it be? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think that you know what I do is so mental and emotional. So I would go all the way physical with like my idea of for my um, one year, for a year, and I would probably dedicate it to like becoming really good at yoga or something fitness related, and um, just getting that balance back would be really nice. Different yeah. use of mental state. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
0: Um, so now it's time for some shameless self-promotion. Sure. Tell the people where they can follow you, where to find Swim Social. Yeah, you can follow me
1: at Elena, E-L-E-N-A. You're one of the lucky ones that got the first name, Candle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then at Swim Social to follow all of our clients and our work as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs)
0: Um, Most of you guys – already know all this good stuff from us but if you want to find more juicy goodness uh, head over to the shapeshift report www.shapeshiftreport.co and you can follow along on our channels at shapeshift report or at we are matt black